0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of Shalom Y'all. Before I begin, I would like to say that originally I intended to record this episode last week during Sukkot, but I couldn't because I had a small cold. And it turns out that having a podcast and having a cough at the same time do not mix well. As far as Sukkot though, I will be doing a future episode dedicated to the festival like I did for Day of Atonement, but I'm going to do that on a later date. But today, I would like to take this opportunity to talk about one subject in particular. This topic has been discussed throughout my house for the past month or two because my sister and my friend have recently decided to marry the love of their lives. And as it happens, I have those two lovely ladies right here with me to discuss marriage and what it should look like. I would like to introduce my sister, Megan Bills, and my friend, Sarah Price. Say hello, guys. What's poppin'? (laughs) (laughs) say hi sir please don't edit (laughs) okay so i know it hasn't been very long since you guys have gotten married but i wanted to use this podcast as a way to track your guys's progress in your marriage i'd like to tell the listeners what biblical marriage is what your guys's thoughts and feelings are right now in your marriage And I would also like to touch on some advice you would give to people who are going to date, to marry, biblically. To start out, let's hear how you two started in Torah and how have you come along in your faith.
1: My name is Megan Bills and I am (laughs) Shelby Cockrell's sister. And, um, did you tell your story? I told mine. Okay, Um, I just remember recording one and I didn't know if you included that, but, um... So my story is a lot like Shelby's and the fact of the timeline of our parents going into it, um, going to the other fellowship and everything. Pretty much me and Shelby, timing wise, we're on the same track. However, faith wise, we were a little bit different. I would say that after hearing your version of your Torah walk, that I've changed my answer from I was the last one to convert and you were actually the last one to convert. I just felt like I was the last one to convert because our family decided to look into Torah when I was 18. I had just graduated high school, and I went through the roughest year of my entire life, and I had some pretty bad things happen to me, all at the same time as changing my faith. So I didn't have a stable foundation to stand on, but once I got up and running in Torah, and it helped me realize truth and made more sense then the past doctrines that I was learning from. It gave me a more stable foundation than I had thought that I had before. Um, I went through a lot of changes at the same time. I was at college away from my family, so I can honestly say that I made this decision on my own with, of course, my family. I mean, influencing that, but I remember my last piece of pork that I intentionally ate. And I remember crying in the cafeteria at my college. Um, I remember the last time that I made someone work on the Sabbath. I just remember all the convictions that came over me. And uh, Torah has definitely impacted my life a lot. It's helped me in my marriage. (laughs) Um, It's helped me in all of my relationships. It's given a new definition to literally everything in my life. And I've gotten to the point where... I feel comfortable enough to at least share the basics with people, and I have a heart for that, and that's, that's where my journey is going. So, kind of coming off the milk of Torah with a background in Christianity, knowing the basics, relearning the basics of Torah, and now getting into the meat of it so that I can share the
0: milk with others. And that's my story. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sarah. Uh, Sarah is actually a little bit newer to Torah, so she will get a fresher look than we have. Uh, if you want to go ahead, you can start. Okay, so
2: I guess my walk in Torah um, is definitely a lot different than you guys. So you guys started more like as your parents and stuff, whereas... I guess, like, background for me would be I was very strong in a a missionary Baptist church. Didn't grow up in that, but was taught that from, like, 16 till last year, I guess. And I actually was shown Torah um, through Megan. So, we worked together at a office, a doctor's office. At first, I did not think that at all I would be observing Torah. Um, I actually thought that... The way i lived would kind of convict megan and her be like <laughs> oh this is wrong oh my goodness um to the point to where i even recall um so i started in november um, december 25th comes around christmas and i remember getting very upset because i was teaching a sunday school class and i remember asking them to pray for her because she did not observe christmas mm. And it bothered me because, like, it's driven in your head that that's what you're supposed to do. And Christmas is just, like, the best holiday. And I think they mean well with it. Obviously, I don't agree with it. But it upset me. And I remember, like, asking her different questions. And Megan would never, like, just straight say it. Um, She was very bold in how she lived. But, like, she would let me ask. Like, she would live it and then, like, give me a moment where I'd be like, okay, why do you do that? Like, for real. No pork at all. Like, it's bacon. Come on. But I guess through her example, like, I really started to get, I'd say, convicted on it. Because, like, for one, I didn't understand it. How could I be so convicted on how I lived but yet her be so convicted on what, how she lived and how she believed in her faith? Um, we'll say faith versus lived, but I think you know what I mean. It was just interesting, and I remember having multiple conversations of, like, I don't understand, and like, asking her questions, and we would go get breakfast a lot, um, way too much Cracker Barrel. but (laughs) she would pray, and she would refer to Yahweh, and, like, I remember thinking, okay, that's kind of cool, like, that's just a Hebrew version, I like definitions and stuff, I like meanings, and I like looking up the words, and the church taught you that, like, study the words, pull out the definitions, obviously, they didn't study all of the word, um, all of the time, but... Um, I kind of just started really looking into it, and, um there was a couple things that she did, the eating clean thing. I always respected like her eating clean in the sense of I was I would eat my sausage, but like I would make sure that like it didn't touch hers or anything, or um like she'd pay for her own bill if I ordered it or vice versa. So like out of respect, I started not ordering that stuff, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try eating clean, like what's it gonna hurt? And I did, like, she didn't really notice or say anything for a while, and then I'm like, you know what, I feel better. That's, that's obviously kind of odd, um, but it just kind of went from there of, like, actually testing it. And there is one time, like, specifically that we were studying, and there was a lot going on. A lot of, um, I'd say, trials and testing. More of y'all being like, dude, I'm right here, and I'm telling you what to do. You need to actually listen to me. Mm-hmm. Big convictions, I guess. But we were studying and I was telling her all this stuff and I could see her getting frustrated and it was frustrated that I just wasn't getting it. Like it's right here, it's clear. I've told you a hundred times. Why are you asking if you're not gonna believe it? And I was getting frustrated because it made so much sense but I could not pull away from what I had been taught tradition and Yeah. What um, they taught you. Well and it was a respect of who had taught it to me. Like and I do still to this day respect those people. Yeah. But she like looked me in the face like we were at my house and we were studying and she gets up, she gets a Bible, she hands it to me. She's like, prove it. And I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> we definitely got, she definitely made me mad a couple times. But I couldn't, like I couldn't prove what they taught me was right or wrong. So it was a little bit past that and I kept going to church and everything. And um, I remember I went on a really bad date and my husband's going to hear this and laugh because I don't know if he knows the whole story. Um, I went on a really bad date, but I told Megan, I'm like, dude, I'm like, just get me out of this if I need it. And in order to get out of it, my excuse was I was going to this fellowship that I had never been before. All these weirdos. Um, <laughs> y'all are still weird. I love We're them. We're the weirdos. <laughs> I love them, but they're still weird. I think I am too, obviously. Yeah, you're I weird be too. But I told him, like, I'm going. He's like, well, what is it? And he was this preacher, um, which completely off tartar on what he was but anyways it was interesting so i'm like i'm not really gonna go and megan's like no for real come I'm like they've already started and i'm the person who's late dude i am sick to my stomach and i went late i showed up late and like shelby met me at the door and, like had me sit down and like it was weird because i was uncomfortable but i was comfortable and daniel webster was hilarious he's like grab guitar and like we just started playing and like after that, I'm like, I don't think I want to go back. Do I want to go back? But I did. And I'm like, I'm just going back because I want to play music. I just want to sing with Megan. And it was a no, I'm going back because I want to learn. So, like, mm-hmm. it just kind of kept trickling in of it was every single it's, Saturday. Yeah, like, it's I don't, definitely y'all pushing you. Yeah, I don't think I missed after that. Like, mm-hmm. that first time, like, it was every single Saturday. Which is funny because, like, I was still going to church. And I was going back and forth. But it was a constant, like... I would say I started to feel as convicted of going to the church as I did going to Shabbat on Saturday, which is obviously Saturday. It's so a Sabbath. Yeah. Um, Big shocker there to everybody else. <laughs> um, but it was very odd. And I think another thing that really, like, I guess strengthened my faith a lot was... I was going through dating and I was going through all the rounds of finding the right guy and not finding the right guy and trying to figure out this Torah thing. And like, I'm still in that. Yeah. yeah but it was, it was funny because like, I'll even, I'll even tell everybody like I was on a dating app, like a Christian dating app. And, um, which, yeah, it was, it was pretty rough, <laughs> but it was funny because like, I just, I could not find a guy and like the guy that I had, that um, I still loved. We had split, and we had split because, you know, of the way that I believed, and it was just too much, um, which is hilarious, because you have Torah, and you have how many laws all together, and how many we have to follow rules and regulations, but um, Torah is not too much. And it was funny, because I don't even think I told anybody. Um, I had went, and I met him. Yeah, you didn't tell us until after. My now, I was <laughs> livid. <laughs> yeah, my now husband actually is like okay with it and like that was I don't want to say was a selling point but it was because like how can God, Yahweh, say, Hey don't don't do this and don't marry someone who's being really yoked but yet I go into Torah and someone who didn't want to follow all the rules or said it was too much now is okay with Torah.
0: He definitely needed you to step back from Nick and go into this and lay the foundation for you and him to have a great marriage because i feel like y'all will have a definite great marriage y'all fit so good together and in the way that both of y'all were at then you just it wasn't your
2: time which is not what she said when i told her that i went and talked to him by the way no i was like
0: are you absolutely like crazy
2: no not megan's response either um i actually started talking to him i don't even know if shelby knows this i started talking to him at our seminar I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I messaged him because I missed him. Like, I just got this weird feeling. We were doing the uninvited study, and I got this weird feeling of, I miss Nick. Megan had Jared. I'm like, man, who do I miss right now? And it wasn't family. It's like, I miss Nick. And we kind of checked in. We talked for, like, an hour and a half on the phone. I hid in the bathroom, so Megan couldn't hear me, man. (laughs) It was rough.
0: She's very um, Um,
2: attentive and listening. Yeah. But it was funny because, like, so back to, like, being in my journey to Torah, it's like everything's just worked out. Like it's it's just crazy. I did everything in order according to the church last time, and I lost. I truly lost the love in my life um, because of like what they had said and opinions, and versus letting Yahweh tell me where I need to be, um, where I need to be in studies, in my life, and my friendships. It's crazy to think of the blessings that we've gotten. We've been totally blessed. I mean, we did everything out of order. We got a house dog and then got married. But, you know, we still did it in order. But it's crazy. Like, I pray for a best friend. And I pray to be a light to somebody, to really help somebody. And I am now, I'd say, part of the family of the Cockrels. Um I have Megan and Shelby. Um, and, of course, mom, Wendy, and Rhett. You know, Rhett's just kind of there. But we love them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, like, it's so crazy because, like, every single thing that I do and more that I do in Torah, the more that I learn that I'm do, truly doing what's right versus what had been taught me um, or what had been taught to me. I have a husband who absolutely loves and adores me given on my first days. I love him too, obviously. But it's crazy, the blessings. Um, me and Shelby have this amazing company now. Um, we're trying to do our best with that. And uh, it's just it's crazy. I mean, we
0: have a company that is literally called Proverbs 31 Painting, and that's based on the passage that describes a woman of God. So we're based in Torah, and... (laughs) in these things and there's definitely a lot of blessings that have gone through my life and mm-hmm. I can see them in your life as well. And I can all and I can see them in Megan's life as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, She's grown a lot.
2: Yeah, um just from knowing her and like I mean I was literally there from her starting to date Jared. By the way I did not like Jared at the beginning. Um I love him now. He's a great I, I knew great brother in law. Yes he
0: is, he is. I, I knew him in high school so I had better opinions of him but at first Sarah was kind of
2: I Don't gotta check it. him out, you know, gotta make sure that they're the, he's the right one, but it's cool to see, too, like, her journey and my journey, obviously, were totally at different points, but like, to see her blessings of following Torah, um, I know Megan won't take any credit for it, but she was such a help, like... I would not be doing Torah if it hadn't been for her example. And a few others, you know. Webster mm-hmm. came into the office a couple of times. I still have a card from him explaining my name. That was a big help. I don't know why. I think it's one of the things that Yahweh used. that said, hey, here's grab your attention. Yeah. Um.
0: There's definitely uh, things that don't get you in the door.
2: Yeah. And it was it was crazy. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm rambling a little bit, but... A year ago, not even a year ago today, I wouldn't have thought that this is where I would be. I wouldn't have thought I'd have friends and family, um, a whole fellowship that I honestly do consider family, and be a Torah observant. Like, that's just crazy to me. I mean, blowing far somewhere in Zitzitz, how weird can I get, right? I know, right?
0: It's definitely... I definitely did not think that I would be here four years ago, so I can definitely understand that.
2: I'm looking forward to what comes, for sure. Just continuing to grow and learn from you guys for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go into the topic of marriage now that you have formally met both of them. To start understanding marriage, we must start with the biblical commands and what he says for a husband and his wife and what they should do. My first verse comes out of Colossians 3.18 that says, wives, submit yourself to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not become harsh towards them. And my second verse to use is 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way, husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. Though they are the weaker partners, honor them as equal heirs of the race of life. In this way, your prayers will not be hindered. Now, I really like this verse because it shows that although a woman is not exactly equal to a man because he is physically stronger, or is called to be the head of the household, it still calls this couple to be equal when it comes to their life. So that means that in heaven, a man and a woman will both be judged in their faith as equals. And that is great, and that is also scary. Now hearing what this text says, what are your thoughts? Megan, I know that you have a very strong opinion on this verse, so feel free to share.
1: Okay, so, I I do want to be careful with my strong opinions because opinions don't belong in truth unless it matches up. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be careful in how I say my opinion. I know that growing up in this generation, I hate that terminology, (laughs) but you know what I mean. Growing up in our generation, we are called to be different. I believe that we are different, all three of us. But it is easy to let hints of things like feminism creep into our lives. And so the word, or the words, wives submit to your own husbands. The word submit does elicit a response in the beginning. Because because we are such strong, confident, opinionated women, you're like, ugh,
0: I'm a slave. <laughs> it has a really bad connotation it.
1: On does it does have a bad connotation. And I don't believe in that connotation. Mm-hmm. Because this is Yahweh. This is Yahweh speaking to me as a wife now. And... Yes, I do submit to my husband, but that doesn't put me underneath him. That doesn't make me his slave. That doesn't mean we're equal. Something that I like to remember a lot when I first hear the word submit and I have that gut-wrenching, fist-clenching reaction to that word, and it's we both have different qualities. Mm -hmm. I can do things that he can't. He can do things that I can't. And when Yahweh created Eve, he didn't take from adam's butt cheek he didn't take from adam's nose he took from adam's rib he didn't take from the front he didn't take from the back he didn't take from the feet he didn't take from the head he took from his side Mm -hmm. the wife is supposed to be right there next to her husband Uh, she's supposed to go with him in every direction unless he's going the wrong direction
0: But we will tell them to if say they are.
1: to say submit is not to say hey she's gonna be your slave you get to tell her everything no there's other there's so many other verses telling the wives to hold their husbands accountable mm-hmm. the bible doesn't contradict its each itself but the word submit and the word accountable
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of contradict themselves in their connotations but that's what we're called to do the word submit is We're a very definition-based family. Yeah, we are. (laughs) If we want, we, we are strict in our communication to know the exact definition of the word. And so, I didn't get a chance to look up the word submit, but I do know the connotation that it gives people, and I know how it can make me feel as a woman, and it's hard to deal with that. But if you just remember that Yahweh didn't intend for you to be underneath your husband, He didn't intend for your husband to be underneath you either. Mm-hmm. I will preach that all day <laughs> long. You guys are equal. There's no degrading in a marriage. It's a teamwork. Mm-hmm. It's, that's your teammate. You chose them to do life with you, not to be your slave, not to be the authority figure in their life, but to make decisions together and submit to each other. There's verses in 1 Corinthians where Paul tells people, don't deprive each other. It's better for a man to be married, not to have a slave. But to keep from sexual immorality, there's other verses that talk about how a man needs a woman so when he's faced with a issue and it involves another woman, he has his wife there to help him with that. You know what I mean? Um, the household needs both a man and a woman to help raise kids. They're healthier and happier that way.
0: Yeah, the, the wife is called to teach the, the children yeah. who are going to become the teachers. Keep the Torah of your mother. Going off of the submit...
1: And how that makes me feel as a woman in this generation. I'm going to go over to 1 Peter 3, 7 where it says that the women are the weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. I wrote a paper in high school about how the women shouldn't be in the draft. And I almost got to a fist fight with a liberal girl in my class. And the teacher just let it happen. That's very and, Torah
0: of you. <laughs> Why
1: well, was it Torah then? <laughs> uh, but like, I'm serious. I, even women in our generation don't believe this way. But I believe that the Bible says this through and through. Physically, scientifically speaking, that's another thing our family's known for. Scientifically (laughs) speaking, a woman is the weaker vessel. That doesn't mean I can't do some of the things a man can do. But guess what? A man can't have a baby. Mm -hmm. A man can't breastfeed. Mm -hmm. A man can't be sympathetic like a woman can be. They're they're just formed differently. But that's where it comes into having a teammate. Because if you're on the same team and you both have the same qualities, how are you going to progress forward to beat the other team? Mm -hmm. when you play in sports your whole team has different strengths and different weaknesses but together you work with your strengths to make sure that you win the game but if the other team all has the same thing they're not going anywhere, they're not progressing to the final they're not getting to the end goal and the end goal in marriage is to work together so that you raise a happy and healthy household and you need both the man to be the protector and the provider and the woman to be the empath Mm -hmm. the um, provider for babies, for children, to teach her children because it says keep the Torah of your mother. I can't remember the rest of that verse, but it but that's taught a lot in our household with us being daughters of our parents. They don't have sons. But we do talk about that all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're they're constantly hounding into us. Listen, your husband is gonna have these qualities. You guys are really strong women. You're both business women. All three of you Amen. are business women. <laughs> and you're very strong and opinionated. But watch yourself because he has his qualities and he has his jobs and when you overstep those bounds, that's almost giving permission for him to overstep bounds and make you seem like the weaker vessel. Weak is not talking about strength here, it's talking about qualities. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I am very opinionated about that, if you want to call it opinionated, but it's because I do get a little tense when people say, no, Megan, you can't do that or you're not strong enough or you're not smart enough or something like that. that. definitely hurts me. And that might be a pride issue. But I want women to know, don't let weaker vessel make you feel weak because you are strong in other attributes. There Proverbs 31. (laughs) She is a businesswoman. She is, thank you, listen my son to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. That's Torah in the tree of life version and things like that. So Father has the job of instruction, hey, don't do that, discipline, you know what I mean? The mother has the job of saying, hey, in Proverbs it says, this is why you don't need to be so angry. Mm -hmm. And dad's there to say, you don't need to get angry. If Mm -hmm. you get angry, you get in trouble with me.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. recently I have been going into the topic of the woman being weaker or not equal. Uh, It's bothering me a lot going into Torah But the more that I see that we have just as much importance as a man does, we just have different qualities and different jobs. And we have an entire passage in Proverbs 31 that outlines how strong we can be. And when you go into a deep study of that passage, you actually start to see that she has jobs of her own. It tells that the man should give back what you earned, as the wife, you're not supposed to give everything to him. And you can have independence, but still submit to your husband. And it's just a teamwork effort. And that's one of the things that we would like to show y'all about marriage. Of course, I don't know too well as much as these two. And Later on, I'm going to have the women of our fellowship come that are actually married that can give more we insight. We are actually married. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to give married, the, longer. married yes. longer, yes. more experience. I mean, 30 days. That's what I've got on me right now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to give their side of their marriage stories and to tell. They have kids, too. Yeah, they have okay. kids, and they have uh, different experience levels. So eventually, I will have them on Whenever they feel comfortable. Okay. On that topic, I'm going to ask how y'all are doing with your walk and with your new partners. Because they are some great guys. Husbands. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) How are you doing? How are y'all doing with your husbands and walking in your faith? Because they are two very great guys. Um, One is Jared and one is Nick. And I I think that Megan has a few more things to add on this topic, but it's open.
1: Well, I only have a few more things because I've been in Torah a little bit longer. Yeah.
0: I can apply it to this, not better
1: than Sarah can, but in different ways, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So Jared is mine, all blue eyes. So like I said earlier, Torah has definitely infiltrated every crack of every relationship, every interaction that I have Ever.
0: And that's a good thing. <laughs> and that's kind of the point. Yeah. Love God, love others, love yourself. It's supposed you know to be him. your whole life. You're, you're supposed to look the part. You're supposed to act like him. And when other people can notice, like other people, other friends of ours have noticed how apart and faithful we have been these past few years, it kind of shows you, wow, you're doing something right.
1: Well, nobody wants to say I'm holy, but the word holy <clears throat> means to be set apart. hmm <laughs> I'm holy. Like, I am because that's what brought Sarah to come and ask me those questions at work. Mm -hmm. She knew I was different. She saw the zeats. I was out for Sukkot. (laughs) I got special days off (laughs) because I celebrate holidays. I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't celebrate Easter. I don't eat pork or other unclean animals. So, yeah, being set apart. A thing about my marriage, um, I'm going to speak for myself on this one. I'll let Sarah explain hers later. Uh, even though we have some big similarities, is pretty much everybody would call me and Jared unequally
2: yoked, mm. which is totally wrong. How they say it,
0: that. yeah, a lot of people will look at them because he is a little bit. He's he's a he hasn't been in Torah as long as Megan has, and they will see that and they will find it as weakness and as unevenly yoked in um, the Bible. I
2: would say his views and convictions aren't as
0: strong as Megan's.
1: Yeah, and everybody's That's on a different not page. Unevenly yoked but people have alluded to the fact that we're unequally yoked
2: and including that, me at one point which is hilarious <laughs> yeah. I, what it is.
1: unequally yoked um there's a verse that says do not be unequally yoked with une- like unbelievers um i used to think this was talking about an egg yolk you know how you have the big chicken eggs little chicken eggs and they got the little and big i know they, you're looking at me like no, i'm stupid no but no <laughs> Is that not what it is? I'm glad you're doing this podcast. You can learn something today. Yeah, that's what this podcast is for. So, back in those times, the thing that they put over the ox or the donkey to pull the cart is called a yoke. The thing that they put over. So, when you're talking about being unequally yoked, he, Paul, okay, okay. Paul, (laughs) Captain Confusion, is talking about... And it says, don't be unequally yoked with believers. I don't know who put the connotation on just marriage, because I've heard about don't be unequally yoked with your friends. <laughs> if that was the case, Sarah probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, nobody
2: okay? would. I mean, I was told not to be here, so we can go to that. <laughs> t- <laughs> it's you were the unequally yoked friend, like, don't study with her, because you're going to, you know, get brainwashed
1: or whatever. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> scrabby, scrappy, scrappy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But... To be unequally yoked, it's an analogy to the yoke that goes around their animals that pull their carts. So if you've got two and they're side by side, like I said, if any relationship should be side by side. It should be a a team, uh, a membership of some kind. But a lot of people talk about marriage in this sense. If one person has this yoke on and this person has their yoke on, it's connected to the same cart. If one of them is pulling Farther and faster and harder on one side, and the other one is trailing behind. The cart doesn't move very well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. It'll okay. just go in a circle. But so. it's not impossible. It but moves. it's not impossible. That's exactly... Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're being too too legalistic in the, and too, um, too specific in that analogy, but that's how people would describe me and Jared. But let me give my testimony on this just a little bit. And I know not everybody's going to agree with me. I'm not teaching that having a biblically equal relationship is a bad thing. It's not. Absolutely not. But I don't... I don't also... I also don't want the connotation to be that our marriage
0: is a bad thing. Yeah, and there's nobody. Nobody can be completely evenly yoked. That's just not possible. Everybody is on their separate pages. It's just some are a little bit further than others.
1: And like everything in marriage, you work on it together, you grow in it together. Mm -hmm. I've learned things since we've been dating, since we've been married. Torah has infiltrated everything in my life. And now that we are one flesh, it's infiltrating his life, too. Mm-hmm. And he's only seen benefits. Now, he's he's probably in a grieving phase right now of Halloween, catfish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Crab legs, oh, shrimp, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. But... Well, we went through that. That
1: happens to We everybody. definitely went through that. But... The thing about my marriage is I was encouraged right before I got married. I'm not going to say that I ever doubted marrying Jared. I was scared because other people made me feel that way. But this one verse, and it comes out of 1 Peter 3 that we read out of earlier. It says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, okay? And I was like, "Ah, why are they showing me this, Mm -hmm. you know? That even if some do not obey the word, So even if they don't believe, even if they don't follow Torah, even if they don't eat clean, even if they don't celebrate feasts and festivals and still celebrate Christmas with their mama, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. That, oh my gosh, that has given me so much encouragement and scared the bejeebies out of me because... This this is talking about, hey, wives, still be submissive to your husbands. That's still a commandment for you. Mm-hmm. Still be that helpmate. Still be strong in what your qualities are and what your jobs are. But even if your husband doesn't believe, by your conduct, by you being holy and set apart, by you following Torah and... Reaping the blessings of that, because that's a promise Yahweh made. That's a covenant He made. Mm -hmm. Do my ways, you'll be blessed. If not, if-then statements. If you'll do my ways, then you'll be blessed. If Mm -hmm. not, bummer. That's where the curses come in. They, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe their chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So, I believe without a doubt that Jared has seen me and seen our family, especially our fellowship family. He definitely looks up to so many people in the fellowship. Like Tyler and Charity, and how Tyler's such a great dad. Jared's dream is to be a, a dad just like Tyler. <laughs> and to see that example of how Tyler is such a great dad in Torah has impacted him greatly. Mm-hmm. To see how Charity's been a mom, he's like, Megan, I can't wait to see you be a mom like Charity. To see how Corey and Daniel teach and how they study and how they have a passion for it brings him to tears. To see how Amanda raises her kids naturally, he's like, Megan, I, you have a heart for that. You used to work in that office and you used to do that as a job, but now you get to do that with our kids. Yes, we are unequally yoked, but look
0: at what our fellowship, and what our marriage has brought to his life. Mm-hmm. And, and it also says in a verse, and I don't have it in front of me right now. I may have to go get it later. It says that by being spiritual, there's a good chance that you will influence them. And it's said that you're the only one that can, that can stand at the end of judgment and say, I did these things in your word, You're the only one that can give you to heaven, but you can kind of teach somebody else in your life and you can take your your husband and you can show him the ways and it's up to him if he wants to learn, you might be able to change him in those ways because Yahweh is changing him. You're opening up the door to let them in and it's their choice.
1: It's their choice either way. You mm-hmm. could be married to someone who follows Torah and everything, but straight narrows the way. Yeah. It says in the Bible, you're going to watch your cousins, you're going to watch your siblings, you're going to watch your parents, you're going to watch your grandparents, you're going to watch your aunts and uncles. You might even watch your spouse in judgment, not make it with
0: you. That's depressing. I know. It's
1: so scary, but that's where it, it, that's where this scares me because I need to watch how I talk. I need to watch what I wear. I need to watch how I interact with other people around my husband so that he can still be influenced by that example of me being a Torah observant woman. Mm -hmm. And the rest of this verse really talks on that too because it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel don't put it into your looks mm-hmm. don't put all that effort into your don't looks don't be vain don't don't be nasty don't have fleas <laughs> but like still nasty. be still be appealing <laughs> to one. your husband
0: you know what i mean yeah. still be
1: appealing but don't worry about that. It says, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Yikes. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. um, Gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women, the set-apart women who trusted in God, Yahweh, also adorned themselves. Adorn yourself with the good qualities, with the gentle and quiet spirit, with the patience, with the kindness, the goodness, the lovingness, self-control, gentleness, With your fruit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. And it gives you an example. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. The thing about Sarah, I'm glad he used that example because, well, Sarah, you're here now. But Sarah... Lacked in faith when Yahweh told her she could have a baby. She laughed. She was like, ha ha, funny, bro. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not laughing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But she she became unequally yoked in that moment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. She and didn't her, have enough faith. Well, She didn't have enough faith. And Abraham was like, uh, what are you doing? You shouldn't be laughing right
0: now. <laughs> and... I'm bad at that, laughing in uncomfortable situations like that. She even
1: messed up with her servant, you know what I mean? She Mm -hmm. had fallen back, and that's allowed to happen. But she's used as this example because of how she was submissive to Abraham. Abraham had a calling, and she did nothing but back him up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what we're called to be as wives, unequally yoked or not. And I would even put in there that men should be like this. They should show the beauty of their hearts Mm -hmm. and not just be handsome. (laughs) <laughs> Looks don't get you anywhere. I mean. Strong. Yeah. Or Yeah, exactly. And I just... Oh, this, this passage has given me so much to think about and also given me more encouragement than a lot of things in my marriage. Yeah. But if I had to sum up my marriage right now, Torah has taught me so much about how to be a wife by teaching me how to be a follower of Yeshua because it taught me forgiveness. It taught me patience. It teaches me how to prepare to be a mother and everything. And because of Torah and because, well, not just Torah, but because of what Yeshua teaches, because he teaches Torah, he teaches how to love your brother. I believe that I don't see me and Jared ever having the problem for a long period of time. I mean, marriages have problems, but I don't ever see us having the issue of resentment ever. Mm -hmm. It might, might be small things, but because, Torah has infiltrated my life. I love him and I have vowed to work out every issue, to talk and communicate and to have patience with each other. Even if he doesn't have it with me, I'm called to have it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when he sees that or we're both working on that together because it's important, it's just... We're obviously going to have problems, but I don't see us having as many. Yeah. Torah is going to save my marriage from ever even having a problem.
0: Absolutely. Torah. if you follow it the correct way, it's supposed to keep you pretty good in your marriage. In all relationships. Yeah, in all relationships. And if you follow it, I mean, you can't follow it perfectly, but if you follow it to the best of your ability, I don't see many problems in the world like divorce and marital disputes and like adultery, (laughs) adultery. The Bible doesn't let you have excuses to do those
1: things. Exactly. There is no excuse for you to have resentment if there's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse for you to be yelling and angry at each other and sleeping in different houses and things like that if you guys are doing what the Bible commands you to do in any and all relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's where I'll stop. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Sarah, do you want to give a little bit about... How you're doing with Nick?
2: So I think we're doing fairly well. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be a lot more difficult. It's interesting, so I actually stepped out a minute ago during the podcast and I went and got my husband. I'm like, are you sure you'll be doing this podcast right now? And the reason I asked is because obviously I'm going through different phases and people not understanding Torah, not understanding why we're doing this in our marriage. And he's like, "I have your back." Like, are we leaving tour anytime soon? Like, I love tour. Like, why? Why are you asking me this? And I'm Sweet. trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to cry right now. Oh, um, I'm yeah. <laughs> oh, no, It's <laughs> oh, No, don't cry. So, um, and it was it's funny because like Megan started talking about the Unique Leo thing, which is Second Corinthians six fourteen. By the way, yeah. That way they can actually look that up. But I'll tell you to take not necessarily take it lightly and take what other people say lightly. Because if I had listened to everybody else, I wouldn't be with Nick. I wouldn't be where we are today and even be married for that matter. Because I took that verse to heart in the extent of like, if he's not saved and he's not in the church. And he's not doing what the preacher says. or he's not doing this and it was a, you can't marry him. Um, which obviously, it changed a little bit on that one. <laughs> um, I can definitely say that it always showed me the difference and what that actually means. Obviously, Megan, being as stubborn as she was, helped a lot as well. Hey, and Charity. Hey, now. Um, hey, they, they have some strong opinions. Um, but the thing is, is they prove it. One of the big things Megan said when I first started was, prove it. Back it up and prove it. And uh, Probably made you a little bit mad at the time,
0: didn't it? Oh, a little bit. <laughs> um, I,
2: I think I have was, a way with work. I think there was a couple days where we, like, legit did not talk. And, like, we talked every day so for us not to do that I'm like no I'm mad but I was mad because she had a point like I to actually prove it and I want to know why it wasn't proved
0: That's nice about Torah that you can back it up and you can be like this is the evidence you can tell me something wrong but unless it is backed up by the holy word of God of Yahweh Mm -hmm. I ain't taking it yeah
2: and I feel like it is backed up because like even though the verse says uh do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever Obviously, it's working. We're working fine. We are mm-hmm. actually better than we have ever been. Um, the fact that I feel comfortable enough to go pull him away from the guys playing darts and, corn and be like, I need to talk to you. And him be like, I have your back. And he doesn't even fully understand it, I'd say as much as I do, which obviously I'm still really new at it, shows that, hey, it's going to work and y'all has a plan for us.
0: He'll so. definitely fill in the gaps where human nature is. If you're trying to follow his ways, it tells you that he will fill in the rest. He will... I I researched one of the, um, I found a verse that said that if you pray for something that is in his will, he will give it to you. Exactly. That's what I was talking about with Sarah's
1: blessing since last November. Mm -hmm. So much has changed. And I know it's because she's following Yahweh's ways. Like, (laughs) I'm going to be as bold to say as he told me. I was praying a lot for her and everything. He was like, she went through a really rough time. There was some grieving and things like that, and he said, this is not the way it's gonna be. I'm blessing her. This is just a speed bump. And now she's got this confidence in her faith, which is a relationship. Yep. She's got confidence in this relationship too because she knows what she believes, and at the end of the day, it's us on our own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so oh, I could talk yes, all day about yes. her blessings. <laughs>
2: It's a confidence in, I mean, not even just that, but knowing that, like, Yahweh took Nick from someone who did not want to go to church. Like, I pretty much said, hey, we're going to church on Sunday, we're doing this, we're doing the Easter things, we're doing all the trunk-or-treat stuff, Um, like, all of, all of that, and, like, it got to the point where, like, we fought, like, a lot over that, and now, like... I don't think he's argued Chabot at all. Like, he just, he comes, and he enjoys it. Now, I mean, sometimes we might get a little distracted and kind of move off, because, you know, everybody's there, and it's fun. Um, but, like, he honestly enjoys it, and, like, he enjoyed Sukkot, and I was really shocked at that. I'm like, he's not going to enjoy this. He's going to hate the tent. He's going to hate being cold, because he's you not the, cold. <laughs> He's not the camper in our family, for sure. But, like, we sat last night, and we talked. He's like, and I can not wait for Sukkot next year. And I'm like, Aww. what? And he's like... Do you, do you see the shofar? He's like, I didn't look good at that. Like, he was so excited. Sweet. I'm like, That's insane. Am I like, irritated? It was a little bit better than mine. <laughs> I need some more practice. But uh, you'll definitely
0: okay. have time to practice your shofar. <laughs> That's <laughs> true.
1: definitely a testimony of Yahweh working in his life, though, because when yeah. he first came and saw the sho- shofar, uh, it's like everybody. I'm still
2: a little uncomfortable
1: with yeah. it because I don't like loud noises, and he shares in that, and now he's. And it I would say
2: like, he's still, like, uncomfortable with it, just for the fact of the loud voice part. Not for any other reason. Like, we did a study on it. I'm like, hey, every time it says Trump in the Bible, who means Shofar? And, like, he thinks it's the coolest thing ever. So now when I read it, he's like, Shofar. Shofar is not but it's like Shofar. <laughs> so I'm like, dude. I love it. It's not God, God no! It's Yahweh.
1: It's not Jesus. It's Yeshua. Yeah. It's Shofar. But,
2: like, it's really cool to see that, how that's changed. And even though we were originally told, hey, you're nearly yoked. You're never going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't want to practically be like, we're going to prove wrong," but I ready for the day that they see that no Yahweh made this work Mm -hmm. and the interpretation that you guys have is not correct like you need to actually study that out and Mm -hmm. not discredit because obviously we're gonna have hard times and we're probably gonna fight and bicker you know especially about snoring and pillows (laughs) or hoos and everything (laughs) uh, I think it's it's going pretty good so
0: okay well I'm going to uh go ahead and talk about the marriage between Yahweh and his people because we base all of our research and just looking at uh, Yahweh's marriage between Israel and himself and we find this example to be the example for our marriage or my future marriage and their marriages. So Ezekiel 16 shows the whole story of the marriage of Yahweh's people. And I'm not going to go into too much detail because this, this passage is very long and I would be talking for a long time about it. I'll give you the summary of it, but please go and look it up for yourself. That, again, that's Ezekiel 16. So the story starts with the holy marriage of him and his people. He had just pulled them out of the bondage of Egypt And entered into this contract of marriage with them it says in this passage that he adorned them in jewelry and precious stones which is a common practice in the ceremony of marriage however this is not a completely happy story it turns out that israel decided to praise other gods take those jewels and make idols and did some bad things to them and even slaughtered their children in worship of other gods As you probably can guess, with God and Yahweh, this is a big no-no, and he decided at the end of this that he would divorce his people. Now, if you follow uh, basic Christianity or you have a, a little bit of a basis in religion and everything, you may be wondering, Shelby, why did they divorce? This is something bad that you should not do in the Bible, and I will discuss... Uh, divorce in a future episode once I get more evidence towards it, but there are actually some stipulations that allow people to divorce their spouse. And this is the same exact thing that he did with his people. An example of this is adultery, which is exactly what his people had done to him with other gods. It also says in the scriptures that you cannot remarry your ex-spouse except if you die. And as it happens to be, Yeshua died on the cross. If you have ever wondered why Yeshua had to give his life to be with his people, this is it. This loophole that he has made made it possible for Yahweh to eventually remarry his people and lets them join him in eternity. And although this remarriage, I believe, has not been completed, it gives me a great hope that he cared enough for his people, even though they didn't deserve it, to take them back and give them shalom which is peace. I wanted to put this lesson in here not only because of Megan and Sarah's new lifestyle changes, because it also lays the foundation for future teachings that I will go over. This knowledge is very important in understanding the Bible and its timeline. So uh, based on this information, is there anything that you two would like to add to this? I think that's
1: a pretty solid rundown of the marriage of Yahweh and his people. And the biggest key word in that is covenant. And that's where Yahweh was in a covenant with his people. It's like a marriage covenant. (laughs) Sarah's playing with a bouncy ball. Um, It's a marriage covenant, and a certificate of divorce is is delivered when there's cheating, when there's adultery. And we were reading Judges the other day, and how many times did those people... Every time a judge died, it was like, boom, time to go back, party with ball or Nimrod <laughs> or whoever, you know what I mean? And they didn't deserve it. And you're right. Um, and that's what makes Yeshua's sacrifice so important. And the fact that there's so many different parallels between the covenant and the temple and him being a priest and the sacrifice and all of that, that is so intricate and beautiful. And I, I don't understand how people can believe that the Bible is man-made. Mm -hmm. That is way too complex. That's way too intricate. It's way too intertwined. It makes way too much sense when you come into this kind of mindset of Torah plus the New Testament plus the prophets and all of that. Believing the whole Bible is very important because you need to know the history of the marriage covenant and it adds so much to the meaning of Yeshua's sacrifice for us and how much we don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Today people take that for granted so often it's not about going to church and raising your arms and going yeshua i'm sorry i'm sorry jesus i'm sorry i sang the hill song song you know what i mean i'm good for the week no this is your second chance and you better get it right because he's coming back and he wants you he pursued us in the beginning but it's our turn to pursue him Mm -hmm. we were the unfaithful bride we have things that we need to repay But Yeshua took care of a lot of that for us. He gave a big sacrifice. And a big part of marriage, I would argue, is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Sacrificing your time. Sacrificing your space. Sacrificing your feelings. Sacrificing your opinion. Mm -hmm. To keep the peace, to keep the shalom in the household. That doesn't mean giving up your side or anything or you being wrong. That's not what I mean. I mean Yeshua is the best example of forgiveness in a marriage and the whole marriage covenant and the adultery and how being faithful is very, very important and everything is just, oh, I could go on forever.
0: (laughs) Well, if that's all, I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up this episode. Now, this subject is not really in my life right now, but I really hope that I can use some of the stuff that I've learned from this and the stuff that I will learn from Sarah and Megan, as well as the ladies from the fellowship that I hope that this will be a tool for me to use when I do become married and just pursuing someone in the eyes of Yahweh. And as I said in the last episode, please know that I have human error and can misunderstand his scriptures. So please go and test and pray over what you have heard today. And that goes along with Megan and Sarah, because we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. So thank you all for listening and supporting us. It means a a lot And shalom, y'all. Shalom, y'all.
2: Shalom, y'all.